Now, if you thought the fallout from last Wednesday's Optus outage couldn't get more bizarre, there are reports this morning that its parent company in Singapore might be responsible for the outage. Now, this is uh, in the press. Optus has yet to confirm that link, but the link to that parent company, Singtel, is a chief cause for the nationwide shutdown has raised further questions about the telco's backup when it comes to essential services. And uh, we're joined this morning by the ABC senior business correspondent, Peter Ryan. Uh, Peter, what do we know about Singtel responsibility here for the chaos the outage caused this time last week. Remembering it must have been pretty awkward if that was the case because Singtel's executives were in Australia, weren't they, at the time? Well, that's right, Tom. And look, this has become a bit of a daily update. And we were saying yesterday, Optus has put the cause of the outage down to what's been an unnamed international peering network, which crashed during an upgrade, forcing Optus to manually reboot its servers and systems. Now, the Sydney Morning Herald is reporting that an unnamed peering network was actually run by its parent company, Singtel, in Singapore, which is a bit of an embarrassing revelation. Late last night, I asked Optus's media team for comment or confirmation. The response was a firm no comment, not last night anyway, but there are other reports uh, going around in Asia in particular that a key executive who recently joined Singtel had just left a Canadian telco, Roger Communications, which suffered an almost identical outage to the one that we had with Optus last Wednesday. Probably a big coincidence. There's no suggestion that this Singtel executive is to blame, but it, it probably does take a bit of the pressure off Optus's embattled chief executive, Kelly Bayer-Rosmarin, uh, because if Singtel is actually responsible, it might take some of the pressure off her and she might survive as CEO as she did after last year's cyber attack. Uh, awkward situation uh, nevertheless, though. Actually, I'll just remind our listeners, we're, we're going to be uh, joined by the technology reporter for The Age in the Sydney Morning Herald, David Swan, for more on that story in about 45 minutes' time. He'll be uh, with us live on the program. But, uh, Peter, what uh, does this tell us, I guess, about the way Optus has managed the crisis? Well, uh, this speculated Singtel link might well explain some of the poor communication because the outage coincided, as you mentioned earlier, with the Singtel board uh, being in Australia last week in the lead-up to the financial results being released. And normally, uh, journalists uh, like me and David Swan, who you'll be speaking to shortly, would be given details of this results briefing and maybe you know meet with the Singtel board and Kelly Bayer-Rosmarin. But Despite numerous requests on Wednesday and Thursday from me and others, no one at Optus could actually provide any details of this briefing, which is pretty unusual. We were then referred to Singtel in Singapore. Emails, phone calls went unreturned. So in PR speak, playing with a dead bat, we might find out a bit more when Kelly Bayer-Rosmarin faces a Senate grilling on Friday. Yeah, happening later this week, and of course all eyes will be on that. To be clear, this was not a cyber attack at Optus. There was speculation at the time, but now we've been given that explanation. This morning, I do note, though, a report warns that many Australian companies are too complacent about the rising risk of attacks, Peter. Yeah, I've been looking at a survey of uh, 400 senior IT leaders that's been conducted by the IT security company and resilience company Cohesity, which warns many businesses are basically unprepared for any outages or, or attacks, and that some, in terms of cyber attacks, actually consider paying ransoms as a cost of doing business, and that some criminal cyber hackers now effectively charge 
annual subscriptions for ransoms in return for protecting data. Cohesity's Australian Managing Director Michael Alp told me the lack of vigilance is alarming. People don't feel safe. People don't feel prepared. People are worried about whether they're going to have to pay a ransom and whether their company would actually consider paying a ransom. 90% of people said that their company would have to consider it, but they're all under attack. Cyber attacks and outages are, are no longer a matter of if but when, but according to this survey, so many companies don't appear to be prepared. Yep, there's a real doubt. Um, 79% of their people expressing real concerns about the organisation's cyber strategy. We're in a phase now where all organisations have to feel responsible for protecting their data assets, their systems from a breach. They've got to be able to detect early if these attackers are in their estates and then how fast you can then isolate them and then recover your key systems. What's disturbing here is that even in the best case scenario, according to this survey, 99% say they'd need 24 hours hours to get back online, half say they'd need a week and that's nowhere good enough given what we've seen recently. It's nowhere good enough for our critical assets and we've seen a lot more attention by the government, ASD and ASIC on being able to recover key critical infrastructure assets exactly for this reason. We can't afford to have an Optus network or an airline or or a transport company, you know, trains and things offline for one day, let alone one week. As we've tried to digitise our entire infrastructure, especially here in Australia, we're more and more reliant on the uptime of those systems. So, you know, people saying four days, 24 hours, these unfortunately aren't really acceptable considering how reliant we've become. Just on ransoms and whether they should be paid, DP World saying that they haven't received a ransom, they probably wouldn't pay one. But what's the attitude out there of companies about whether it's part of doing business now to pay a ransom? Our survey says 95% of the respondents, many hundreds of people said their organisation would consider paying a ransom if it meant that it could recover their business and their processes faster and their data or stop their data hitting the dark web. Generally, our recommendation is don't pay the ransom. Because paying a ransom might only encourage more hackers to get in there and demand ransoms. It's not a guarantee you'll get your data back and B, you won't be attacked again. And a lot of these bad actors are actually asking customers now to pay a subscription. So they have an ongoing reliance on these bad actors to keep their data maintained and their systems maintained. And this is just not the sort of industry we want to be encouraging. Australian laws are being tightened up. So could companies find themselves breaking the law and get into hot legal water if they don't get that resilience set up? If you see the legislation, they're moving very quickly to establish these standards. Unfortunately, as as well as the government and the intent of the government is to get very aggressive about this, they're always going to be a little bit behind. So we're always going to have to have companies using best practice procedures to try and actually, on top of the compliance and the regulation, actually self-manage and self-moderate. And so when you consider the rise of artificial intelligence, which is now an accepted part of business, is this cyber resilience now even more critical? It is because the bad actors are using these intelligent assets as well. So they're using a lot of AI tools to actually attack our companies. Our companies then are using things like intelligent machine learning, AI, to prevent that happening. So it is the battle of the AI for both players. That's the ABC senior business correspondent Peter Ryan speaking with Michael Alp, Australian Managing Director at the IT security company Cohesity.